Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is It's a Music Thing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at It's a Music Thing mb at gmail.ca if you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed or heck maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed all right enough of my droning on and on let's get on with the show It's Dwayne from It's a Music Thing. Thanks again for once again tuning into the podcast. On today's episode, uh, I got a chance to sit down and talk to the drummer from Iron Tusk. His name is Carlin. And if you haven't heard of Iron Tusk, that's cool because that's why you're here to learn about new bands, right? Uh, Iron Tusk is a band. They live on a reservation just outside Calgary. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce the reservation's name because I'll probably screw it up very badly. And I don't want to seem, you know, dumber than I am because... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best here, but Iron Tusk is kind of, they're kind of punk, kind of metal, but when you listen to the music, they are definitely all rock and roll. Like the, the, the music is, it's, it's really banging. It's really, it's really, really good. Uh, in earlier in April, they just released a new, uh, cassette and, uh, digitally, of course, cause you can't do anything not digitally these days called Iron Tusk three. And yeah, talking to Carlin was really great cause he, before I had talked to to him, I I've never really heard of Iron Tusk, and getting to learn about bands is something I love doing, and learning about people is something I really love to do, and it it was really inspiring to see how Carlin is giving back to his community. He has got the the cancer bats to play on the reservation, and it's you'll hear in the podcast how how excited he was and is about doing this kind of work. He even got uh, Alexis on Fire um, involved in this, and you'll hear that in podcasts. Don't want to give it away. You got you to gotta listen, right? So, yeah, it's, it's really great and inspiring to see somebody like this that's really excited and trying to give back and make their community better. Um, yeah, and as always, thank you for your support. Thank you for all your feedback to everybody. Uh, I'm trying to get more on making sure everything is coming out often and I've got lots of podcasts ready to go. Uh, but thank you for your support. The best way you can do to help support us is subscribe, tell your friends. Word of mouth is always the best um, way to spread the news about us or about anything. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can. Uh, usually, I'm, I'm generally around now. I've got nothing else to do. But uh, you can reach me on uh, any of the social media platforms it's just it's a music thing on facebook instagram twitter drop me a line uh you can even email me it's a music thing mb at gmail.com and if you got a show idea if you want to be on the show you just want to say hi that's cool but that's the way to get a hold of me thank you everybody again for your support and i hope everybody enjoys this conversation i had with carlin all right i guess straight off the top uh who am i talking to today Hey, it's uh, Carlin Blackrabbit. I'm the drummer for Iron Tusk, and I also handle all the other stuff band band members should do. But I, I kind of, I've kind of taken on that role. So, so <laughs> you're I, the you're you're the band parent. Pretty much, like <laughs> the drummer. I'm the drummer. I'm the businessman. I check on my band members and just make sure everyone everything's going smooth. Awesome. So, for for people that don't know, um, who how did Iron Tusk First of all, how did Iron Tusk become a band? Like, how how did you guys all kind of connect? And what's uh, why the name Iron Tusk? Well, so the band, like, we all, uh, the core members of the band, actually, the three of us, so we actually grew up together. Uh, we went to high school together, elementary, and uh, 
we played in we all played in a punk band my other my other band called uh, no more moments so uh the two guys eventually left no more moments and i went on with the band and then we just kind of came back together in 2016 you know decided we wanted to do something different and uh yeah, we just kind of got Iron Tusk going. Uh, obviously, uh, the song uh, the song Iron Tusk by Mastodon. We're, like we're all big Mastodon fans, but uh, but we've all like known each other for about fifteen twenty years, and uh, it's been all a, I guess like a lifelong friendship. Awesome. So you went and for people that don't know, um, well, I mean your your first band you said was a little more punk rock, and then Iron Tusk. I was I was just listening to the uh, the new EP, and I was I was trying. I was trying very hard to put my finger on like a sound to, to, to kind of describe how Iron Tusk sounds. And it was kind of like, there's a little like, to me anyway, there was a little like garagey, like definitely when you say Macedon, you can hear the Macedon in there. And then I'm like, I can, I can kind of hear like a little motorhead, but how would you describe Iron Tusk's sound to someone that hasn't, has never heard of you? Yeah. I mean, we all have different, uh, different elements of uh, musical inspiration and we all we all like we all don't listen to the same band or we, like we just kind of bring all our influences together i know like from my i come from like a hardcore punk uh, metal background our guitar player ty is kind of more like a indie rock blues kind of guy and our bass player marty he's kind of he'll he'll be listening to like uh, matthew good band one one second the next second he's listening to sepultura oh, wow so it's kind of just kind of like a blend of uh different uh musical i guess upbringings and mm-hmm. uh i kind of i think that kind of speaks for our music we oh we don't when we go into the writing process we don't go in saying we want to sound like this band we just kind of whatever we can create whatever sticks with us we we go through with it and so do you have one person like when you do go into that writing process do you have one person that comes in with like are are you a riff band like do you do you start with a riff and then build you know what uh the, the last process for uh, these this ep we put out we just kind of we uh we put it together in a, cu- a couple of uh, rehearsals okay and uh when we worked with the recording engineer he kind of helped the songs grow with his input so he kind of acted in a producer role okay but uh we were just kind of you know just like free jamming like just improving, whatever and uh finding what would stick and then just building on that so we didn't necessarily have any riffs when we were going into those rehearsals we just kind of we built on something together collectively and then we just kind of added parts and that's kind of how the songs came together and i was <clears throat> excuse me i was uh I, I was doing my research on you guys and um kind of reading through articles and like watching videos. And actually one of my friends uh, that used to be from Winnipeg uh, shot you guys in, in Calgary uh, Spencer from scoped exposure. Yeah. Yeah. No, we love Spencer. Actually uh, he did that. He, he filmed our set back in January. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we kind of, we picked him up for the day. He, you know, he was really cool about everything. It was like a long day. We, we picked him up around three in the afternoon we went to Edmonton. We got back at like five in the morning, but we had we had such a good time with him. And he like, it was almost like he was another member of the band. Mm-hmm. He was so he was just so chill and just very uh, very calm and just a lot of stories to tell. And, and in fact, uh, when we were leaving Edmonton that night, we actually we actually experienced like a, a car accident. So it was like it was a it was a really interesting night. And I mean, if, if you being kind of a hardcore fan, I'm sure you and uh, you and Spencer nerded out about a lot of things. Oh yeah, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of what he's doing, like he's doing so, so much amazing work with his uh, videography. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a bummer right now that everything's kind of on hold, but I, like we've seen each other in passing so many times, uh, and I, I, I mean, my love for uh, hardcore music is goes back so many years and. That whole that whole crew of Calgary hardcore guys—they're all really awesome people. Mm-hmm. And do, do you remember the first when you when you were just getting into music? What was the first show you ever went to? So, uh, I know, like in Calgary, uh, a lot of us would like we would all carpool. Like someone's dad would drive us to a show. But I know one of my really early 
memories of going to a show. I think it was in grade eight or grade nine. Uh, Hatebreed played at uh, the oh. University of Calgary. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, again, and like I'm, I'm new to, I was new to all this. If you're at a hardcore show, you don't want to be a, against a rail or by the stage because nope. you're going to get crowd surfers and all that. So I remember Hatebreed being like one of my very first shows. Uh, on the reserve, like we had, we had a little bit of a metal scene going. Uh, some bands playing, you know, like thirty to fifty kids mm-hmm. on a good night, maybe a hundred kids. So. But my like my exposure to like a, a, a big show with production was Hatebreed and then, you know, it just became something I, I loved and I loved being a part of. So just continuously going to others like all the like all the big shows that would happen in Calgary. And uh I remember at one point Calgary had like so many touring bands coming through. Mm-hmm. It was like every week and it was awesome. It was it was good to know that you can go to a show at least once or twice a month. I remember seeing Hatebreed because I, I grew up in the, oh, excuse me. I grew up in the southeast part of Saskatchewan in a place called Estevan. So we'd have to drive into Regina to see anything before I started promoting shows down there. But I remember going to a Hatebreed show in Regina and I knew what hate, I knew who, who Hatebreed was, but they were also playing with a metal band. And it was very funny because Hatebreed toes that line between like, hardcore and metal i think they do both they they kind of intermingle in that world very well but i remember being at the show and this was the first time i ever saw fights at a show because the metal kids didn't know what to do with the hardcore kids they were hardcore dancing and the hardcore kids just didn't give a shit about the metal kids and it did it, it got a little hairy a couple times <laughs> yeah I, I i actually used to work as a like my one of my first jobs when I moved moved to Calgary from the reserve, uh, I, I worked as a bouncer mm-hmm. or a or door guy, and uh, yeah, uh, one of the local venues I worked at, same thing. I'd always see them, the mixture of crowds and quote unquote crowd killers or whatever. Yeah, uh, it, it gets intense. And, oh, I believe uh, it. Even now, like I'm only twenty seven, twenty eight, and going to shows, I'm like standing in the back because I'm scared to get hit now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, as as you get older. <laughs> you you definitely you there there's very few bands that I'm gonna get in the pit for these days because I'm 40 I just turned 40 in January, okay and yeah there's very few bands that I'm gonna get in the pit but when I am I'm gonna go as hard as I can and then I'm gonna feel it the next day, yeah yeah no kidding and uh, like I still I prior to uh, all this stuff happening in the world I I worked with a like a production company mm-hmm. so doing all the production for shows like a lot of the touring bands and even like just watching the pit from the side stage i was like wow i'm, I'm scared of that stuff now. yep yeah hands down and like hardcore stuff i don't fuck with i don't i will stand from side stage take photos do my thing i'm i'm not getting that's a that's a young man's game that i just can't keep up with yeah yeah and on um doing doing my uh my research on you and i had seen that you know you guys come from reserve just east of calgary yeah we're about an hour out of calgary just off the number one highway so we're like we're between uh strathmore and brooks mm-hmm. and uh yeah we're second largest uh, first nation in Ca- in canada and we have about a eight thousand population uh yeah and i had seen um that uh a kind of a quote by you or someone in the band i think i believe it was by you um, but that uh, playing music has helped you come uh, overcome uh, ad- adversities. How has how has music personally helped you kind of overcome some like a like anything like that? Yeah, well, if you really think about it, when you're when you're a angry teenage kid or you have emotions or you're depressed or whatever, you know adults are always saying go for counseling go for therapy mm-hmm. but uh with with me and my friends like we we found something that we really enjoyed i mean we didn't know how to play our instruments well but we learned as we as we kept sticking to it and uh you know a lot of our peers at the time were getting in trouble or were uh you know doing teenager stuff mm-hmm. you know tapping into alcohol and drugs and we we uh we were thankful that our guitar, my guitar player's grandparents offered us a space. They had a garage outside of their house, and they they allowed us to use it 
and they they even bought us instruments. So oh wow, like every, like every day after school on weekends, we'd be in that garage jamming, hanging out. Like we really just kind of, you know, stayed away from everything and just played music and mm. and really uh, uh up until we're like we're eight, we didn't start partying till we we're like eighteen, nineteen. But I remember like from like fifteen to eighteen, that was our life, which is playing music, staying out of trouble, and uh, you know I I seen. I like as I'm older now I see I've seen a lot of good outcomes and I mean we're all doing really okay in life right now like all stable all have jobs and mm-hmm. you know, we've been out of stayed out of trouble and uh so that having that music component in our life on a on a reserve it was really beneficial to us because again we're you know you read in the headlines look, there's a lot of a uh, lot of things that happen on First Nations and you know it's almost like a marginalized community mm-hmm. and uh and and growing up we we you know we experienced a lot of hardships a lot of heartbreak a lot of you know horrible things happened to people we love and music music was always there for us mm-hmm. yeah. i was gonna say was it was it ever difficult when you saw like you know friends partying and kind of carrying on like teenagers will and getting into trouble was it just was it hard to to not fall into that kind of lifestyle or because you had music it's like you know we could go fuck around with these guys but instead we're just going to go and get our frustrations out by doing this stuff in the garage you know uh a lot of like a lot of our peers like we've always tried to growing up we always tried to support each other so we we'd hang out like i mean at school we'd hang out with all these people and you know we never really turned anyone away it's like you want to come hang with us that's fine uh and at times we like as we got older we we'd go hang out with those kids and it was it wasn't anything too extreme but mm-hmm. i mean we just you know as you get out into your 20s you realize that alcohol is not the best thing for you right no definitely not <laughs> or or drugs no and so you you guys started playing this is your um where am I here? I got my I got my little notes here. This is your third EP, so Iron Tusk three. Yep, and it's coming out on April twentieth on Transistor sixty six Records, which is actually here in Winnipeg. How, yes. How did yeah. you guys hook up with Transistor sixty six? Well, uh, just being in the scene for the past ten to fifteen years, we've always seen like a lot of cool rock bands repping Transistor sixty six, mm. and uh, it's so. I, it's always been on my radar and uh like a lot of mutual friends with the label were on that we're getting or we're putting music out so uh you know i just stayed in contact with uh the guy his name's his name's arthur yep and he's such a cool dude uh anyways uh yeah and you know uh sending him demos and then sending him stuff and i think we just both he understood what we were doing and where we came from and what we wanted to do so he's been our go-to guy for putting out our music and he's been such a good support to us, uh, helping us with recording, uh, putting our music online, you know, just stuff, stuff that will really, uh, help get the band ahead. And, uh, yeah, I, it's a good relationship. He's, he's always a message or email away and he's been, I can't emphasize how much he's, he's helped our, our band. So <clears throat> I know a lot of, um, when people think, uh, kind of indigenous artists, musicians, they, they kind of go more, I mean, you see a lot of um, hip hop rap kind of stuff, a lot of country stuff. Um, there, there definitely are some phenomenal um, like other genres of music that indigenous people are doing. And do you, do you try to bring that voice to the, the metal kind of punk scene? I I feel like uh, what we want to do is we, when we play shows, uh, we want to just be like included and not have like a label to us, like indigenous, mm-hmm. and be like, or you know how there's other things like uh, female fronted hardcore. Yeah, or, we want to we we want to step away from that, but we want to have a a platform for punk rock and metal bands on this indigenous feature content. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like you've never, if you look at the Juno, the Juno Awards, you never see any metal, like in their indigenous category. You never see any like heavy bands. It's always hip hop, folk, country, and that's fine. I mean, that music is really good. But I think uh, if you want to talk inclusion, it'd be nice to like have a heavier band. One hundred percent. 
included, you know? Uh, and I feel uh, like I have a lot of friends who are DJs, who are hip-hop artists, and they're, they're killing it. They're doing good. But I think if uh, these people that have, like, the grant dollars or program dollars, if they supported, like, bands like my band or other mm. bands, I think that would help get these bands to the next level. One, to, to get a new you know, a new generation, not that you're that old, but to get a new generation and listening to that and being inspired by that and being like, Oh yeah, we can, we can do this too. It's not all being pigeonholed into one kind of certain genre. It's, and it's really awesome to see like a lot of, a lot of youth in my community wearing band shirts and stuff like rep, even like repping my band shirts. Mm -hmm. It's so cool to see. Uh, and I, I know that there's going to be a new, a new wave of, uh, heavier music coming out of communities like six nation and other first nations. And I, I honestly feel that there's like a, with all the aggression to like heavy metal and punk, I think that resonates well with kids who, who have that energy and emotion. Oh, for sure. Cause I mean, a lot of it, like, especially with hard or like punk and metal, it's not necessarily stuff from a dark place, but like when you've got aggression and you've got things that piss you off, you scream about it, you yell about it, and then you feel better, and then you hope somebody else can take something away from that as well. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, like with what I'm doing in my community is I wanna, I wanna introduce and expose these kids to that kind of music, right? Yeah. And one of the cool things uh, I was actually a part of this year was uh, the band Alexis on Fire. Like I, I. Uh, somewhere along the way i became friends with the uh, wade the guitar player yep so what he, what they did was they played calgary and they they uh they covered the cost for like 30 tickets and transportation and they even did like a backstage meet and greet for all these kids from oh that's reserve. amazing and it was such like it was such a great feeling because you've seen these like these young kids like probably as young as six or seven mm -hmm. up until 18 like they got to meet this amazing band at the dome, the saddle dome. Mm. And, uh, they got to see what it was like backstage and like the band was cool about everything. Like, I don't know how many bands at that caliber are doing this, but that was something that really, uh, made me feel like, okay, some of this hard work I'm putting in is starting to pay off. And, uh, that was, that was a great experience. And like, I still get kids today, like telling me how much, uh, they, they still remember Like that night was probably one of the, the best nights of their life. You know? That's amazing. That may, that must have made you feel like incredible. I can't even imagine. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that. Like what you well, did for like 30 people. Well, to top it off, like I grew up listening to Alexis on Fire and like I remember seeing them play Warp Tour and yeah. like all these other shows. Like for me, like even for myself, it was like a dream come true because I mean, I'll, I'll send, if I can get your email, I'll send you some pictures. But like, uh, like standing on like we took a picture on stage with all of them like it was such like they were all like wonderful people and yeah I'm still in contact with like Wade Wade and George today like they're they're top notch people and I, I feel like if you're a band that comes from like that upbringing that punk rock hardcore upbringing I mean giving back is is the least you can do you know yeah and I mean it's so easy it's it's like you said it's 30 tickets a few minutes out of your day just to you know, and the chance to get like these kids to get the photo taken on the stage. Hopefully out of those 30 people, some of them will be inspired to be like, you know what? We saw this We're We saw, or we saw these people do this. It's our turn to do this and we can make this happen. You know, and, uh, another, another good, like another milestone for my reserve and myself was we had a cancer bats player reserve too. Oh man. Those guys are and, such uh, sweet dudes. Well, and the thing about it was, uh, they had this Canadian tour booked and uh, Wade was actually playing guitar for Scott. Um, so they, they played a reserve and like, they were, they were just awesome people about it. They're like, we don't want to get paid. We want to give back to the community. So we had, and it was crazy. We, we built up this whole show for it and we had like the biggest snowstorm happen, but you know what? There were still a hundred kids that actually walked to the show in the snowstorm and they were that dedicated for that show. And it was such an amazing time. Oh, I, I can I can only imagine. I did I did shows like that as well in in Estevan, and I mean, th just the fact that number one, a band's going to come play. The kids were always super receptive, even if there's fifty, sixty people in the room. 
that place felt like it, it there was like a few hundred and, and so, you know like the, the the guys in the cancer bats like they were they were just like you know i mean they they're playing festivals they're playing like they're selling out like venues and for them to like come to our reserve and play mm-hmm. in front of like 50 60 kids 100 kids like they were just positive the whole time and they were they were excited and we uh we actually had like some traditional uh demonstrations like a powwow like some powwow dancers and drumming mm-hmm. and they really enjoyed, they really enjoyed that and it was like honestly like as a someone who who does shows and promotes shows like that was like okay what more can i do now you know what i mean yeah 100 <laughs> percent yeah so uh the uh the new album iron tusk three you guys went into the studio with eric andrews and did he did he produce this as well you know, like he he stepped in and he definitely we didn't ask him to, but he just he was just like the vibe was there, and like a lot of his ideas and what he wanted us to do was like we were all cool with it, and it actually it helped the songs grow more. Mm-hmm. And like Eric, seen like we played he plays in like a bunch of bands in Calgary, and we've uh, he knows our sound and he knows what we sound like, and he had a vision for what we had, and he without. Without him being a part of the process, I, I think the album would have had a different approach. So, we were really, uh, we really appreciated what he did on that, the two songs, and it's cool. Like he he has like a punk house, a punk rock house. Like I guess there was like an old church back in the day. So there's a cool vibe there, and so many like local Calgary artists uh, had their music recorded there, and it was just a it was just a really good feeling. Can you think of one time when he actually, like when you guys were were recording it? Can you think of one time where he really kind of pushed you beyond where you were comfortable? Well, he, um, there was one at the ending of, uh, one of our songs, he, uh, we just couldn't, when we were tracking it, I couldn't, couldn't find a feel like on drums. Mm-hmm. So we told me, to, like, he told me to try it a com- completely different way of playing it. Like, um, he wanted me to like hit the cymbal and like the crash cymbal and snare on like a double time beat and I wasn't feeling it, but I think I, I was just more insecure cause I couldn't play it, but mm-hmm. he pushed me to play it. And then it actually sounded really good. And I was happy with it at the end of the day. So <laughs> stuff like that. I think, uh, he pushed us, uh, beyond our element. Um, he did want me just to do like two separate drum tracks where I just played the toms on one track and then the cymbals on another. But I was like, yeah, man, I, I don't have the patience for that right now, but I'll try it, I'll try it another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was so cool, like, watching him, like, uh, when we were setting up, like, he, he had, like, this piano, and he was, like, hitting different keys, and that's how he was tuning the drums. So, for okay. me, like, that was that was really cool to watch. Yeah, it, it's always, I've, I've been very, very privileged to be in the studio. I, I'm also a photographer, to be in the studio with a few different bands and kind of document their how they go through stuff and it's it's crazy to see how sound engineers and producers work it's 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 to me i don't get it i i I don't have that ear but to like see them be like well do it this way or do it that way it's it's really incredible to see how their minds just kind of wander and work yeah and you know like uh we've uh We've always, like our studio experiences in the past, we've always like never really knew what we are doing for the most part, but just kind of learned along the way. Mm-hmm. Like uh, dialing into a click track or, you know, knowing knowing all the keys to a song. Like those are things like we we're learning as we go, you know? And you guys, uh, you started off as a three-piece and then you had, <clears throat> excuse me, and then you added a second guitar player, Craig Bearchief, why why the uh why the decision to to add another guitar player? Well, we always felt that like a, we wanted to we always felt that we needed two guitar players and uh our our vocalist uh, guitar player Ty like he wants to do like more like more solos and other stuff and mm-hmm. so he wants to trade off with Craig on on like we're writing I think we have like four new songs that we're writing right now and a, a lot of it's like uh them kind of do it like switching off and i think it was just to expand more as a band uh, i know ty 
Kai loves to sing and play guitar, but he wants to really focus on playing some parts in the new stuff. And how did you and, guys? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Craig's kind of like, well, you know, he he won't consider, but I think we we consider him as like a local legend in the community. Like he <laughs> he's a really like classically trained guitar player, and he um he like he he has a studio as well and. I remember like some of the earlier demos we did was with him and he's just always been a, a really cool dude who supported us. Uh, he's a lot, he's kind he's a lot older than us. So like we get to make fun of him most of the time. <laughs> he, he, he's like just a, he's just a calm, a calm dude who is very passionate about playing music. And uh, I think he, he really uh, fits well with the band because we all have different personalities and he's kind of like, uh, he keeps us grounded and he's mm-hmm. very, very knowledgeable, but also just just willing to do anything. And actually, uh, we had this show back in January. His, his his second show with the band was with this band called Helms Ali from Seattle. Okay. And uh, Ty, our guitar player Ty, works up north, so he wasn't around for that show. So Craig got put on the spot, and he like he killed it. So, we, and that's where we knew like, okay, this guy. This guy has value. This guy's worth, and he has dedication with the band, and that, and that's all we want is we we want people to show up for shows, be passionate, and have like a, be into the band as much as we are. You know? Oh yeah, hundred. So it was it was pretty easy to to kind of decide on on Craig to that he was he just made the the logical choice to be in the band. Yeah, and then like the second or third week of him being in the band, he's like, "Hey guys, I got all these demos. You want to hear them?" And, <laughs> Well, like I mean, even like that, it was like a lot right there. He's already contributing. Yeah, which I mean, which is amazing that he's you know, the the new guy and already stepping up to the plate. And like, uh, he's like he's like he's a really tough dude, so he could he helps load us like the heavy amps up the stairs, and that's an added bonus as well. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's always good to have a couple schleppers around. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you guys have released three EPs. To, to date correct yes and i guess obviously iron task three but you know sometimes sometimes there's a, some other stuff um but all three i found this very interesting all three eps have been on cassette yes there's no disc there's no vinyl and i guess online obviously but why, why the decision to go strictly cassettes rather than releasing a disc or or a seven inch well, actually, on uh, the the last EP we did, we did a seven inch for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think uh, cassettes have—I don't know—something about like in Calgary, there's this uh, collective called the Calgary Preservation. Cal- uh, hold on, let me let me get the right wording. It's like the Calgary Cassette Preservation Society. Okay. And like they have all these, uh, like a whole catalog of bands from calgary who put out cassettes like chicks dig it forbidden dimension like all these amazing bands that i I grew up listening to yeah and i i always wanted to kind of be a part of that history but also like you know uh growing up you know you have a cassette player in your vehicle like so it just kind of brings me like in one of the interviews i talked about like just being a kid and listening to old cassettes like old powwow music on, on cassettes it just kind of brings back that uh brings me back to a time in my life where i had no worries as mm-hmm. a kid you know just just growing up on the on the reserve visiting with family it just kind of brought me back to who i was and my roots i guess so uh we we linked up with this uh broker and you know i mean cassettes are fairly affordable to, to get pressed right oh 100 percent, 100 percent. we did like on our last release we did vinyl and it was like a couple grand and so it just we're always trying to like be self sustainable and self sufficient, and uh, always trying to just manage our, our funds and manage our financial situation. So cassettes are more affordable, but we do we do intend to go with a uh, vinyl in the summer here. And so with with cassettes, do people when they buy the cassette do they get like a download code? Oh yeah, yeah. And the thing about it too is like what we've we've sold a lot of cassettes. Like there's music lovers all over Canada, all over North America. Like we even shipped as far as like Germany and Spain. That's awesome. So there's a world like there's like a, I, I guess there's an audience for it. I mean, we wouldn't do it if we didn't sell any. Yeah. And the last, the last couple of uh, releases, like we've sold a decent amount 
and even with this pre-order we're doing like so many people from like the states are ordering them so that's awesome we feel we feel we, we we have a good model and we're just gonna stick to it and i mean there's so many good music collectors out there like record stores tape collectors i think uh they just to have a cassette they'll buy it you know what i mean yep i'm i'm, I'm definitely one of those people i don't have that many cassettes anymore <clears throat> um but what i do still have are like super special to me like i've got a um i've got a weaker thans cassette that uh the first one fallow that i haven't oh. even i haven't even opened it yet it's just one of my friends gave it to me and i'm like i love that band and a couple years ago i actually somehow happened upon um one of my friends was selling a propaganda demo tape and i i paid way too much for it but it's i got it and it it sits proudly on my shelf <laughs> that's amazing i i know like uh i'm always looking on ebay and like for like old black metal record records mm-hmm. on cassette and i'm the same thing i'm always trying to i don't have anything of value but i i, I mean i collect a lot of record like vinyl and stuff myself and I have a three-year-old daughter, so I have to like store my vinyl away. <laughs> she broke. She broke two of my turntables, so. so it doesn't get you know pulled out and yeah crayoned so or gotta, markered on. I gotta like listen and listen to it alone and lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is nothing. Right. That's 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 dad's time then. That's you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, you guys have obviously been seeing by the sounds of it by being seeing more of a more success with each each release you know like with everything happening typically we'd have a few release shows lined up like with our last release uh, we did like a whole weekend of shows and uh it was actually really uh, really awesome for us because like we pretty much made all our money we invested into our release so it's going to be a little bit different this time around but i think we're we put ourselves in a position where we didn't put too much money into this mm-hmm. so i think uh like we hired a, a PR person, Mel, uh, Melanie K, yep. and she's amazing. Like I think our goal for this uh, release was just to get it out to the world, and uh, I mean we on the on the earshot uh, charts we we charted number six on CJSW, so that's nice. That's really cool for us, so we're stoked about that. But yeah, we just want to get it out, and uh, uh, like all the digital platforms, uh, the cassette release, and hopefully when shows are are yeah. happening. Hopefully it's not too long. We'll be able to have a vinyl ready for everyone. That would be so nice. I can't wait. It's it's killing me here. Like I I'm I do um, a good amount of like local photography here in the city and like band photography and it's just I'm me and a bunch of my friends we're just itching. We are just itching for things to start up again. I can't wait. I don't know when that'll be, but. I feel like for myself, I'll, I'm going to appreciate things a lot more, you know, mm. like I'm definitely going to buy more merch and like just, just be more into the show and like off my phone at shows, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, and just like, yeah, take more of it in. And I'm just so excited to like reconnect with, with people and being at a live music venue again. Yeah. And I feel like more, more, uh, more bands will take things seriously and actually uh, take those steps to be a, a sustainable band, you know? And yeah. I mean, this day and age, like, it's awesome to have label support, but it's also awesome to be, to do all your, be a DIY band and do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. I think you appreciate it a little bit more when you're a DIY band and you're pushing hard and then you, some success comes your way. Yeah. And, and like, really, for me, the payoff has always been, if there's one one person that likes our album, then it's it's all worth it. So mm-hmm. Thankfully, there's at least two or three on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people find out um, about Iron Tusk? Yeah, so it's just Facebook, uh, Iron Tusk Band, Instagram, Iron Tusk Band. We we just made a Twitter the other day, Iron Tusk Sixiga. Just yeah, just if you search Iron Tusk Sixiga, we'll pop up. Uh, we're gonna be putting out our album digitally on all like Spotify, Apple music, Bandcamp, So it's going to be really, it's going to be available. And, uh, if you want to pre, if you want to order the cassette or any merch, it's on our Bandcamp. Uh, what we're going to do with this release is, uh, 
any money, any extra money that we make, we're gonna donate it back to our community, like buy some uh buy some food for some elders or something in our mm-hmm. community. No, we really would just wanna give back and help help others. Like also another initiative we're gonna try to look at is uh buying guitars and bass basses and drums for kids in our community. So That's amazing. We wanna give back and we wanna you know, we didn't really have that much support growing up but we but we wanna we wanna offer support to our community. So that those are some of the things we're some of our future goals is uh we want to have a space under reserve where kids can go and like learn to play guitar or learn to do graphic design or even photography. You know, mm-hmm. we want to, that's what that's for me. That's my ultimate goal. That's, that's the 10 year goal. That's, I mean, that's an amazing goal to have. And I mean, good on you for like actually wanting to give back to your community. Cause so many, I mean, so many people just want to take, 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 but when you have a chance to give back, it's, it, it's, hopefully that will inspire like we i had said before the next generation to look back on that and being like oh yeah that those those guys gave me a chance and maybe i should give back to my community as well and the thing about it too is like there's so many amazing people in calgary edmonton pretty much all over western canada that support what we're doing and they 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 see uh the positive outcomes we we are achieving so without like people like uh, transistor 66 or scoped exposure or you know venues promoters like we wouldn't be where we are without building those connections and having those uh supports so it's really awesome like one of the biggest things i always i always tell people is you got to build those relationships and you it's not what you can do for someone it's like just leaving a positive impression yep i excuse me oh sorry about that i just took a drink of water and it went down the not the right tube (laughs) well carlin i want to thank you for taking time to sit down and talk to me i will put um all the links to everything in the uh in the description uh for the podcast and yeah thank you so much for taking time to sit down with me i hope you and everybody are staying safe and hopefully we will hopefully we'll get you out this far east sometime that would be amazing you know that'd be that'd be awesome uh the thing about it is we, we always want to play to different communities and we always want to just make new friends and uh, coming from Southern Alberta, like it's the first day there's sunshine today. So, you know, it's oh. going to be a, a good day. So Trust me, man. I It's it's off and on sun here and it's above zero. So I am very happy right now that it's not completely garbage out right now. Well, thanks. Thanks again for the opportunity and, Hopefully we'll meet soon. Yes, that would be great. Have a have a great day, Carlin. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Carlin, the drummer from Iron Tusk. Uh, big thank you to Carlin for sitting down and talking to me, and also a big thank you to Melanie from Melanie KPR that uh, set everything up. Like I said off the top, they just released a new album called Iron Tusk Three. It is their third EP. You can get it on cassette or digitally. I will put the link for their band camp. So if you, you like what you hear, you can, you can go pick it up either digitally or you can order, order the, the cassette and even better. Not that it makes it better, but it was put out on transistor 66 records, Winnipeg zone. So, you know, those guys have a great ear for music and I highly recommend going to check out transistor 66 as well. I'll put the the link, all that you know, all that stuff. You can you can click to your your heart's desire. So again, big thank you to Carlin for sitting down and talking to me. He had some great stories. It was great to learn kind of how the band formed and what direction they're going in, um, and how he's how he's helping shape his community. I think it's really important. I started out doing that and doing small shows where you know maybe thirty people would show up, and you know some of the big the biggest one I think I did was. 500 some people showed up so it's really great to see people still doing that in small communities and that people are coming out to support it it's super important and the bands are actually willing to do it because i remember smaller band or you know bands coming through our community and even though we didn't have like six seven eight hundred people every show they they loved it and the people really appreciated it that you know they got a chance to see live music that don't really get a chance to see live music so uh like i said they just released the new ep iron task 3 and i got two songs to play for you from that uh the first song is called cloud eater 
And the second song after that is called Dreaming City. So go check out Iron Tusk. Keep supporting local as much as you can. Uh, and just supporting artists, really. It, they don't even need to be local. Just whatever you can do, just do it. Uh, thank you, guys. Hope to see you soon. And I will have more. I've got a lot more coming up for you. So here you go. Here's some Iron Tusk. Iron <laughs> Tusk.